Hello, and welcome to Create You, the personal growth and development podcast that will help you break through to better results in your life, work, and relationships. I'm your host, Jeremy Flagg, and thank you for joining me. The world was shocked again this weekend by the terrorist attacks in Paris and Beirut, and it may have left you feeling dramatically uncertain about what you can expect from the world you live in. You might have wondered, why did this happen? What can be done to stop it? And will this happen to me? And you might have felt like this problem is so large that it can only be solved by the government officials. But what if there was a way that you could personally contribute to building a better tomorrow in your world today? Today's episode is about how you can be the change you wish to see in the world and what you can personally do to make a better world for yourself, your family, and your fellow man. If you want to powerfully create the world you want instead of helplessly reacting to the events that happen around you, then listen to these four ways you can contribute to a better tomorrow today. Hello, creators. Hey, it's your host, Jeremy Flagg, welcoming you back to another episode of Create You. Hey, I'm so happy that you're here, that you've chosen to spend your time with me today. I truly appreciate it. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And uh, today I'm taking a break from the regularly scheduled programming uh, because, you know, we had something crazy in our world happen this weekend. And we're on the other side of another terrorist attack in our world. And I know it's been rocking people to the core. Everyone around me has been asking about it. I mean, we've had, I mean, every social gathering we had this weekend was surrounded by the, the tension of that feeling that we get when our world becomes very, very uncertain and we can't trust the people around us. At least we feel like we can't. And we're bombarded by images of violence and, um, you know, grotesque abuse of human beings um, and just a, a general violation of the way we feel we should be able to live our lives. So I just wanted to address it today in a certain type of way. And, uh, you know, because I'm a personal development expert and a life coach, I wanted to make sure that I oriented this perspective for you based on what you can do right now. You know, I wanted you to know what you could do to be the change you wish to see in the world today. I wanted to give you a few ways you can contribute to a better tomorrow right now, because so often what happens when we find out something like this is we get, you know, stuck into a, a, an area where we really do want to know what we can do and we really do want to provide change and be change and help change happen and make positive things occur, but we just don't know where to start. We have no idea, you know, what we can do that's going to make a difference. And in many ways, we start to feel like the enormity of the situation excludes us from making any real changes. And then we start to feel like maybe this is a national cause and maybe not a personal cause, Right. Um, we start to feel like, you know, we don't really have an answer for all of this really harsh violence. And we just start to get a little lost in ourselves, feeling a little powerless, a little helpless, like there's really nothing that we can do. Everything we do is a drop in the bucket. You know, like we don't feel like we have what it takes to really make this this threat of what we feel like is a threat to our lifestyle end. Uh, and, and we start to feel really fearful that it might also take place in our own world, in our own house, in our own backyard, in our own schools, in our own, you know, sporting events, our own concerts. I mean, man, it, it really starts to play and wreak havoc with your mind and put you into all kinds of strange places. You know, we start to, 
you know, think about the bigger picture items. Like, you know, does good really win, right? Or does evil win when it employs violence? I mean, what is what is happening in our world when it feels like, you know, we don't really know where the next thing is going to happen, but we start to expect a negative thing to happen. You know, we, we want to expect positive things, but we keep seeing negative things because those are the things that grab our attention. And then we philosophically start to wonder, uh, you know, will the world ever be what we really want? Will it ever really be unified uh, and diversified, but unified? Will it ever be that way? Because we know in our hearts, in our in our highest humanity, in, our, in all of our souls, that we really feel like we can be brothers and sisters with every human being on the planet. But we don't live that way. You know, we don't take the measures and the steps that we need to make that happen in our world. And we start to wonder, does fear win or does love win? You know, we want love to win, but fear seems to be winning in a lot of our world. And we end up with lots of questions after something like this. I mean, look, I came home on Friday afternoon after spending a whole day at a professional conference and then I got home and the first thing I heard as soon as I walked in the door was, hey, did you hear about France? And it had that tone and it had that question mark to it. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what happened? And then sadly, I watched, you know, these initial reports on the television news at that time. They were still, you know, trying to gather evidence. And I don't pay much attention to their numbers at that time. I'm just looking for, you know, general sketch. Unfortunately, I can't say I was surprised, you know, I mean, maybe you felt the same way. I'm not sure. But I mean, surprise means I have to have not expected it. That's what it means to be surprised. Was I horrified that other human beings could objectify their fellow man and treat them without dignity and respect? Yes. Was I angry that I had to explain to my children again that they're growing up in a world where they have to regularly hear of events that happen like these all over the world? Yes, I was upset. But was I surprised? No, because I can't be surprised. By definition, surprise is what happens when something unexpected takes place. But I can only feel surprised by the attacks that happened this weekend in Paris and Beirut if I didn't see them coming. And unfortunately... Since we live in a world that perpetuates the cycle of violence instead of breaking the pattern and embracing and honoring the life it had been given, then it becomes an expected thing. It becomes expected that something terrible is going to take place eventually because we have this violent cycle of behavior happening in our world. Events like this cause us to have lots of questions like, why did this happen and what's really true? about the events that took place and what can I do to help and you know will this happen here and what are they going to do next and what's after this and and what can be done to stop them we immediately begin to see it as an us and them an enemy a villain and a hero we immediately begin to pick sides but I want you to remember something before we move on to today's content. It's this, that the quality of the questions you ask determines the quality of the results that you achieve. The quality of the questions you ask determines the quality of the results that you can expect to achieve. What do I mean by that? I mean that 
when we ask all the normal questions, does it ever get us answers that we really want? Do we ever really get an answer to these questions that makes us feel like we're affecting a positive change on the world? Or are we just reacting? Reacting to a world that gets violent, reacting to a world in conflict. When, when our world gets into conflict, do we just start reacting? Do we just wake up the next morning and decide to fly out and bomb people? I mean, look, there's a reactionary way to deal with events that took place like this weekend, or there's a creative way to deal with them. And creating means that we have to pause for a second. And we need to figure out ways that we can contribute to the order-making function of the universe and not the chaos-making function of the universe. You know, as a life coach, I've, I've seen a lot of things happen in the lives of my own clients that would feel like their own doomsday, if you will. And I've had to walk them through lots of different ways where they felt helpless and powerless to do anything about what was happening. And uh, I've walked myself through lots of situations just like the one we're experiencing here. I mean, I'll never forget things like 9-11 here in America and uh, other episodes that I've seen happen throughout the world. Even earlier this year, there was the awful attack in Kenya at the college. It just, it just breaks your heart, truly, to see that other human beings can treat each other this way and that we live in a world where this sort of objectification and violence um, must feel necessary to one side of the equation for them to create the world they want. You know, but at the same time, it's a lack of respect and honor for the life that other people have been given. Uh, and it really makes you wonder, like, where are we going with this and what can we do? And so I totally understand. I empathize with you. I hear what you're saying. So today I wanted to give you four ways that you can contribute to a better tomorrow today. You don't have to wait another second. And it's not ethereal stuff just like pray, although I do believe in the power of positive intention and prayer, um, and I do do it regularly, and I would encourage you to do so as well, to send positive and productive thoughts you know, across the universe to others and ask requests for you know, um, God and the universe to keep these people safe, protected, and, and free from harm. I would also like to postulate that there's some personal things that you can do to change the world that we live in. And I want to give you four ways that you can contribute to a better tomorrow today. So here's number one. You know, when we're asking ourselves a question like, what can I do right now to affect positive change in the world? The first thing we have to do is realize that it takes courage. So before I even head into these four ways, I want you to know that you have courage within you. When things like this happen, when, when terrorists appear to win the battle, it's because fear is present. And that's exactly what they wanted to arouse. They wanted to arouse fear in the hearts of those who are, who are on the receiving end of their act of violence. And anytime fear is present in anyone's heart, then there's no room for anything else. Anything. There's no room for love. There's no room for joy. There's no room for courage. But I don't want you to allow the violence happening around you to strike fear into your heart. I want you to know that right now, you can summon the courage from within you to make order in your life. You can summon the courage from within you to take a stand and to affect positive change in your world. You can summon that courage. 
And I want you to do that right now. I want you to summon it from within. I want you to feel it in your bones, as it were. I want you to feel it come from within you. I want you to let it arise and realize that you do not have to react to the world around you. You can summon from within you what you want. The power you have to create the world comes from within. So I want you to summon that right now before we even go any further. I want you to feel powerful. I want you to feel empowered right now and realize that you have a choice. You always have a choice. A choice to make when things like this happen. A choice to respond with creative intelligence, with your spirit consciousness, instead of just on that level where everyone else seems to be reacting and trying to find ways to tit for tat and trade and perpetuate more of that cycle of violence. I want you to come up higher. I want you to summon the courage to examine those things that you think in your life right now that you believe to be true. And I want you to summon the courage to, you know, find new ways to contribute to the positive change in the world right now. And as we're feeling that courage right now coming from within us, I want to start with the number one way, the first way that you can affect positive change in your world, that you can contribute, contribute to a better tomorrow today. Way number one is this. Resist the temptation to oppose violence with violence. I'm going to say it again. Resist the temptation to oppose violence with violence. You know, a very, very wise leader once said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. That was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., a man who believed in civil protest and nonviolent action as a way of creating societal change. One of his biggest influences was Gandhi, who also influenced the actions of a nation through the nonviolent protest of the masses. What Martin Luther King Jr. and Gandhi knew that we should know is that violence is a cycle. Violence is a pattern that has no end. It will just continue and continue. Violence begets more violence, which begets more violence, which begets more violence. I hope you understand the pattern. You sow violence, you reap violence. It's another way to say it. What you plant is what you'll harvest. If you plant violence, you'll harvest violence. There is no logical way to say that violent opposition will decrease violent opposition. Does that make sense to you? I know it's countercultural. I know that my Facebook feed is full of people who are angry and they want revenge. And that anger is that fear. It's the fear rising up in people, helping them to be angry and get them down this path of emotion that wants to create action that's just going to perpetuate more and more and more of what we don't want. That's why way number one to contribute to the change in the world that you really want to have is to resist the temptation to oppose violence with violence. You must not get violent. You must abstain from violence in your own personal life. 
and you must abstain from the words that agree with violent reactions. You can personally interrupt the cycle of violence. You can do it in your own life right now, even on a global scale, by just not jumping into the river of emotion with everybody else who's angry and vengeful. It's really that simple. And it might be difficult for you to do. I didn't say it would be easy. I just said it would be simple. It's simple to contribute to the change in the world. Whether or not you will do it is up to you, but it's your choice, and I want to firmly place it in your lap. Whenever violent things happen, we immediately want to oppose violence with violence. But like I've said many times before in the podcast, which is true universally, no matter what subject of life you're talking about, it's that what you resist persists. If I meet violence with violence, I'm resisting it with an oppositional force, maybe equal and opposite, maybe greater and opposite. Either way, I'm still resisting with violence. Can I expect more violence from this cycle? The answer is yes. How can I expect something to change? How can I influence it to be different? How can I make the world a better place by just sowing more violence? I have to come up higher, friends, and I'm inviting you to do the same. I'm inviting you to interrupt the cycle of violence in your thinking patterns and in your words and in your own lives by just resisting the temptation to go down that road. It's the easiest human road to take. I mean, we immediately seem to feel this instinctual need to fight fire with fire, so to speak, violence with violence. But there is a better way, but we will not achieve it if we continue to follow our baser instincts and not arrest those patterns and try something different. If everyone around you is throwing down red, yellow, green, red, yellow, green in order, then when it comes your turn again to throw down a red and you throw down a blue or a purple, the people around you naturally have to adjust because they don't know what comes next. And the confusing, the confusion that ensues is what gives us all a pause long enough for something new to be learned. And that's the beauty of us changing or interrupting a pattern in our own lives. And that's what we must do right now if we want to create change on this personal level that might balloon into a societal level change. So number one is to resist the temptation to oppose violence and violence. Number two way that you can contribute to a better tomorrow today is to treat every human being as a person instead of an object. Simple as that. I already covered this in episode 20 in great length, so I would encourage you to go back to episode 20 of the podcast and uh, check out what I said about you know, treating people as people instead of objects. Uh, but there's a lot that goes into it. And the bottom line here is, is kind of simple, that anytime I treat anyone, any other human being as an object, anytime I reduce them or diminish them to an object instead of as a, a person, then I have committed an act of violence. It's where violence begins, is the objectification of, of, of a person. Let's say just one person who makes you angry and upset, and immediately you know, from within you, you get angry. And then from that anger, you want to you know, create some sort of force that changes them into what you want in that moment. You're objectifying them. You're seeing them as an it instead of as a, an I or a person. You're missing how you might actually be influencing them because instead of influencing them, I'm just trying to control them. 
Do you see the difference? I want to influence the outcome here. I want to influence the world to become a better place. I can't do that when I just resist with force or reduce people to objects. When I reduce a whole people group to objects, what happens? I mean, I just, I, I, I reduce them to beliefs. I reduce them to skin colors. I reduce them to genders. I reduce them to nations. I reduce them to nationalities. I reduce them, you know, uh, based on, uh, you know, how much money they have. You get my point? This is how, this is how we do things in our world. We look for differences by objectifying one another with labels. So what I'm asking you to do, the number two way, you know, that you can contribute to a better tomorrow right now, literally today, is just by seeking to see every single human being in your life as a person instead of an object. And that includes the people who committed these heinous acts across the globe. That includes the people who have decided to take credit for them. It includes those people. It does not exclude them. We must see them as people if we want to change what's happening, which leads to number three. Number three way that you can contribute to a better tomorrow. So, so far we are resisting the temptation to oppose violence with violence, and we are treating every human being as a person instead of an object. Number three, understand the actions and appreciate the world of everyone around you. Understand the actions and appreciate the world of everyone around you. If you can seek to understand the actions of even those that we in our world call terrorists, if we can seek to understand those actions, then we might understand some things like they were fueled. They were fueled by their own desire to make a difference in their world. Not unlike what we would want for our own lives, the meaning that we're giving the things that we're doing every day. They want to make a difference and make their world a better place and make it the way they want it as well. They've just taken a different course of action than we would. They have violated the trust that we feel we have with other human beings that share our planet. They may have done all those things, but they did them from a place of you know, their own beliefs, their own driving forces, their own motivations, their own meanings. And if we don't understand them, if we don't try to appreciate them, then we'll never be able to influence them. One of my favorite quotes from my coaching mentor is uh, Tony Robbins. He says this, if you're going to influence someone, you've got to know what already influences them. It's so simple. I have to say it again. If you're going to influence someone, you've got to know what already influences them. If we're going to attempt on any level as a world to influence the violence out of our world, then the first step to creating this major change in this group of people is to first understand and appreciate their world. Because without first seeking to understand their big what and their big why, then our big how will never be successful. Our process won't matter. Any action we decide to take won't work. It's arrogant and exhausting to attempt to influence anyone without first seeking to understand them. It's arrogant and high-minded to believe that we know exactly what it is that motivated them, and it's exhausting to influence someone without first understanding them because you're just going to do a bunch of stuff and create a bunch of chaos that's not going to work. It's not going to be successful, and it won't get you the outcome that you want.
Why don't we ask bigger questions? Remember, better quality questions equal better quality results. Like, what is their vision? What do they want? What do they think these actions that they're taking are getting them? What need, And by the way, we're seeking that because if we want to influence them, we have to replace their vision with something greater that they see as greater. Not that we see as greater, but that they see as greater. What needs are their actions fulfilling? What's their driving force in life? What are their needs that are getting met by doing these, these things? You know, by being part of these groups. Uh, what is their belief system? What's their blueprint? What's their guiding force in life that has them thinking that this makes sense? What's their big why? What's their purpose? What's the meaning that they're giving all of these moments? How are they interpreting the world and the violence that they're employing is, is a response to what they believe and what their vision is and what their driving force is and what their guiding force is? We need to understand all these things. We need to seek to understand them if we want to influence them. Because the bottom line is you can't influence anyone when you're judging them. When you're judging someone, you cannot influence them. And any actions you take from a spirit of judgment will not create positive outcomes. That goes for yourself in a relationship. That goes for yourself in your family, in your coworkers, with your spouse. It goes all over the place, but it especially goes at the national level. It especially goes at the societal level. What we do personally is a reflection of what we can expect to see at a national level. If we can't do things personally, how can we expect them to happen at a societal level? So I'm challenging you to come up higher and I'm asking you to understand and appreciate the world of everyone around you. If you really want to create change, you really want to create a positive outcome, if you really want to influence the way our world goes from here on out and see a better place and a better tomorrow today, then you're going to have to seek to understand what's going on in the world around you. So, so far, I've given you three ways, right? Resisting the temptation to oppose violence with violence is one way you can contribute to a better tomorrow today. The number two way was to treat every human being as, an, as a person instead of an object. The number three way is to understand and appreciate the world of everyone around you, including those who you make my call enemies. And then number th- number four, last one, is choosing to support with your own actions the ideas and the messages that strengthen the unity of humanity. This might be the toughest one. Number four way to contribute to a better tomorrow today is to choose to support with your actions with your own actions, the ideas and the messages that strengthen the unity of humanity. This is where the, quote, rubber meets the road, if you will. The, the last three I've been telling you about are about mindset issues and about, you know, the way you posture yourself and your belief systems and in your own life and the way you view it and your paradigms. This one is about action. This one is about when you actually go to do something that means what you want it to mean. I don't know many people, for instance, in the world that are against fair trade, that are against equal pay for equal work all across the globe. But very few people who do agree with the, the principle behind fair trade in our world 
actually seek out fair trade products to buy in their own world, to, to, to buy products at the grocery store, for instance, or for their clothing items, because that requires the extra amount of work. So when that happens, it creates this mask, you know, of ourselves. We become deceived a bit by our own, you know, act of self-betrayal, if you will, because we agree internally with the idea of supporting people the way we would want to be supported in their own actions to receive a healthy wage for the work that they're doing. But then we don't actually, you know, put any action behind that belief. So... Today, what I want to challenge you with is that there are actions that we can take that support the ideas and the messages that strengthen what we want, which is more unity and humanity instead of more of this, you know, division. It was the old uh, philosopher, Tillard de Chardin, it was a French philosopher who said, progress is the soul of the universe. Progress is the soul of the universe. So if we're not progressing... If we're not expanding, then we're contracting, we're shrinking, we're not growing, we're dying. Literally, we saw what happens when humanity doesn't grow, it doesn't expand, it doesn't evolve, but it contracts in a quick moment of time and we see this violent act. Instead of being, you know, conscious of our growth and, you know, trying to create more and more of what we really want. We saw fellow human beings take actions into their own hands and take life, literally. And it, it killed the growth of humanity for a moment, but not for a lifetime. Because progress is the soul of the universe. It's, it's the way the flow of the world works. We're always getting better. And we will get better from here, but only if we choose to support personally with our own personal actions, the ideas and the messages that strengthen the world that we really want. So this requires us to come up higher, you know, instead of being self-conscious about how things, in other words, only focusing on how things work for us or affect us or benefit us. And instead of being only society society conscious, which is how it affects our nation, how it affects our group, how it affects our community, we have to come up higher. We have to become spirit conscious, where we see all human beings as equals, and we should all be treated well with respect and opportunity and responsibility. You know, if, if there are views in our world that conflict with what it is that we really want, then it becomes almost impossible for us to be spirit conscious. If we hold to political views or religious views that arrest our attention and get us diverted and focused on things that keep us divided, then it's almost impossible for us to come up this higher. Because at this height, we can see from a different perspective. When you climb a tree, you see things differently than when you're standing on the ground. It's the same thing I'm trying to give you to here. I'm trying to show you like a ladder of consciousness. You know, there's self-consciousness, how things affect me and my world. Then there's society consciousness, how things affect the group, my group, like my family, my tribe, right? My community, my nation getting bigger and bigger, but they're still just tribes, right? Of larger sizes, society conscious. And then another step higher is that spirit consciousness. It's the God consciousness. It's the universe consciousness, how we're all interconnected, how we all go together. Not how we go apart, not how we're, we're driven apart, but how we come together. 
And when we have thoughts and when we have beliefs that exist in us that keep us society conscious, then they keep us from seeing the bigger picture. So those are the four things, my friends. That's the plan, if you will, for how you can contribute to a better tomorrow today. And I want to give you this really difficult question to kind of challenge you here. And I want to challenge you to take some action today by answering this question for yourself. First, I want you to answer this question. What kind of world do I want myself, my family, and my fellow man to share? What does my vision of that world look like? I want you to imagine the world that you really want. What shocks people the most when things like this happen in our world is that anyone could imagine a world that needs this sort of violence to you know, create what they wanted. But the thing that you're missing is that the people who committed these acts of violence believe or believed that their actions were bringing about the exact change, the exact vision that they had for the world. And that's the part we miss because it's not our vision, but it was theirs, and they took action to support it. When we don't have a vision, we get shocked at things like this. We get shocked at their, at their what, what we might call ruthlessness with which they act. But reality you know, speaks, and it happens. And for our own lives, it might send us a message that we need a vision. What is it that we really want our world to look like? And then what actions do I need to take to get there, right? We need to have a vision first. And the next question I want you to ask yourself, and the big question I want you to take away from today is simply this. Who would I have to become to create the world I want myself, my family, and my fellow man to live in? The most challenging question I could think to ask you today is that. Who would I have to become to create the world I want myself, my family, and my fellow man to live in? Listen, I know it's easy to lose heart in a moment like the one we just experienced this weekend, but it's in these moments that we can summon the courage from within us to choose a better way, to choose to be more of what we want to see in the world instead of becoming lost in the story that leaves us feeling powerless. The reality is if we don't take any action, we can expect more of the same. If we don't take any personal action, we can expect more of the same. Not just national action, not just societal action, not just demanding action from government officials, but if we don't do something personally, we can expect more of the same. We can expect a perpetuation of violence in our own world if we continue to perpetuate violence in our hearts towards our fellow man. If we continue to support violence at all levels through all sorts of different ways, then we can expect violence to continue to be the answer that everyone pops up with. We can expect fear to win if we don't do something now to contribute to a better tomorrow. But if we do take action personally and we do start to contribute in the ways like I suggested and in many more ways that I'm sure you have in your heart to share and to do, then we will have a better world. And we will have a world that's worth leaving to our children. And I'm particularly passionate about that since I have two kids of my own. We want a better legacy. We want a better world. We can have those things. We can have a more unified body of humanity 
we could see each other as the true brothers and sisters of the world that we believe that we are. We could have more personal satisfaction every night when we hit the pillow, knowing that we have done our part personally to make this world a better place. And we will be alive with vision of what we want our future to look like. And we can passionately pass that on to others. Love would win if we took personal action. Because we can't expect anything to happen on a societal or a national level if we don't personally do something to change it ourselves. It was the great Indian leader Gandhi that said, if we could change ourselves, the tendencies in the world would also change. As a man changes his own nature, so does the attitude of the world change towards him. We need not wait to see what others do. Gandhi's quote speaks of the undeniable link between personal and social change. Instead of demanding that the world around us change for things to be better, we need to focus our efforts on demanding change from ourselves. By allowing the vision of a better world inside us to become a reality through our own lives, we invite the world around us to be the change they wish to see in the world. I want to remind you to come on over to the show notes for this episode, and I want you to leave your comments on the page because I want you to tell me who would you have to become to create the world you want yourself, your family, and your fellow man to live in. I want you to maybe give me a few more ideas about how you think we can personally change things and contribute to a better tomorrow today and be the change we wish to see in the world. And I really, really, really look forward to your conversation because it's times like these that we can evaluate and assess the effectiveness with which we are living our own lives and the legacy we are personally leaving and the model we are personally living for the people around us to follow and what we are inviting them into with our own energy. Wow, I hope you enjoyed today's episode um, and I hope it challenged you to be the change you wish to see in the world. Have a breakthrough day, my friend. I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. For more tips about how to create the life, work, and relationship you love, just head over to jeremyflag.com where you'll find lots of free resources and notes from this episode. And don't forget to share your comments with me. I'd love to hear your voice. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review for me in the iTunes store. If you're listening on Apple's podcast app, just click anywhere on the show artwork to reveal the show notes and click the link that says please rate and review the show in iTunes. Your feedback is appreciated. If you'd like to continue the conversation, then please like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter and be sure to use the hashtag CreateU. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for joining me today on CreateU and be sure to check in with me next time when I'll be back with another life-changing episode. You won't want to miss it, so be sure to subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud to get free delivery of every show. Until next time... This has been Jeremy Flagg, reminding you that you are a creator. You don't need to react to life as it happens to you because you have the power within you to create the life you love today. Now go and create you.